Welcome to Grab Your Popcorn. I am your host, Brian Crock, and along with me is, of course, David Kalisa. Well, hello there. And we have Blake Bamper back in the studio as well. How's it going, fellas? Oh, not too bad. So it's been a minute. It has been. That's that's mm-hmm. one of uh, David's favorite phrases. Hey, it's been a minute. It has mm. been a minute, though. Uh, we, we've been away for a good little bit <clears throat> and uh, had ourselves a lovely little Christmas vacation. And we finally got back into things and we finally got our, our, uh, our you know, ducks in a row so we could come back and do the show and we were originally planning on doing this one a while ago yes yeah we were going to try and get this one in before the new year but um some unfortunate events happened and we just got postponed and then everyone got caught up in the holidays and we all know how that goes yeah but you know what here we are this is one thing wonderful about movies gives you more time to watch it absorb it and uh you know appreciate it yes gives you a better review of it or tear it apart whatever the fuck we want to do but Mm -hmm. the second i told blake that we were going to do this one he was like i'm in let's do this big fan and uh before they don't even know what we're doing they don't even know what we're doing because they probably didn't you know click the title or any of that kind of stuff or see the picture we could be doing we could be doing terror tunes right now exactly but we're not That's funny you bring up Terry Tune. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are doing Joker, the 2019 film that is uh, just one of these movies that seems to have made a statement about the world without really actually saying much of anything. It has made multiple statements. It's made a statement about the world. It has made a statement about us as moviegoers. Mm-hmm. It has made a statement about comic book movies. And it has made a statement about mental health. Yes. So, I mean, we're going to hopefully tackle a little bit of everything. I mean, there's not a lot to cover in the movie per se. It's pretty straightforward, all things considered, especially if you have uh, any sort of decent knowledge or background of Joker and his yeah. origins and whatnot. But uh, as for how they come about, you know, bringing things up in the movie and, of course, just the sheer uh, awesomeness of the acting that was portrayed by everybody in this movie, um, it's going to be an awesome episode. Yes, and uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, Joker is a DC Comics character. He is the main antagonist to Batman and has been in in many, many different versions throughout television and comic books and video games. Uh, You name it, there's like a different version of Joker going out there. So this is the latest version of him, the latest portrayal of the Joker. And uh, it, it's not even one of those things where I wouldn't even necessarily call this an origin story. And why would you say that? Just out of curiosity. Uh, because, yes, it it kind of tells an origin, but the Joker has many origins, even in the comics. Oh, absolutely. Like, mm. they, they, don't, they don't even, you know, like let on to what his actual history is. And even when... Like in the one comic book where where Batman gains like all sentience, you know, of of the universe, omniscience, uh, uh, he he like tries to figure out who the Joker actually is, and and the, the panel you see is no, that's not possible, right? And it's I think that's one of the greatest recurring uh, themes of the Joker. That's probably why he's such a popular character. Is that he is such he is just so open to all interpretations. Yes, and can be just you know tackled by anybody. It doesn't matter you know what your artistic style is, what your directing style is, or writing style. You can put him in just about any situation, and he's yes, he's going to have the same outcome per se because he only has one drive. Yes, but how he comes about it and what he does to do it is just going to be awesome to see and read about every single time. Yes, so. Uh, this this version of Joker, though, which uh, is is like we said, just the latest iteration, 
follows uh, Arthur Fleck, which is rare even in the fact that they actually like you know named him because most of the time they don't even name him. He's just the Joker. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To 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 have an an like not a pseudonym of yes. a you know of a name or whatever like that actually have a first and last name. Yes. You know, is 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 a little bit different take on it, but it, but it goes with it and it ties into the story, of course, um, as for how he got it and why it is there and whatnot. And and you know, by the end of it, you actually come to find out that he still gets to keep his, you know, mysteriousness about him and whatnot. Yes, mm-hmm. they definitely uh, put a human face on a character who we kind of see as the embodiment of evil, and that was definitely unsettling to a lot of people. I feel like. Yeah, I was my honest uh, reaction when I saw that they were making a Joker movie. And then when like the trailer first came out, I was like, okay, I I, I watched like a, a couple of little bits of it first, like a couple seconds of it. And then I was like, man, I really, really hope they don't try to humanize him. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, mm. please God, don't give him just the thing of like, oh, I had a rough childhood and now I'm crazy and I'm killing people and, and do it. I was like, please God. Do not make that as part of the character. Right. Don't make him like a sympathetic character. You're saying. Exactly. But to some degree, they they did that. So what did you they, they, what did you think about it when you when you kind of went in with that? Uh... They only used that as like elements. They didn't. There wasn't a drive for it. They used it as elements to set up his backstory mm-hmm. and like then kind of like the discovery of what you know came about from his mother and everything like that. Yeah, so, 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 so the suppressed. Exactly. So it's not it's not like that is a part of him per se. It's just part of what causes him to get mm. to where it was by the end of the movie. That's how I took it anyway. Okay. You know, so I you know, it, like I said, that that's what's so cool about this character is that everyone is going to have their own interpretations about what drove him Absolutely. or or kind of, you know, what yeah. Created him, mm-hmm. but that's actually the thing that that I think I the conclusion I came to as far as the story uh, is concerned, and that is it's not that uh, it's not that it was humanizing him, it's the fact that he wasn't really like human to begin with, and mm-hmm. he was forced into the role that society had created that like by this other stuff around him, and it took this sort of crazy badness around him to bring him back to his reality, which mm. is of course insanity, but right. like that, that was my take on it is that he was always this way, but he was being forced and subjected into being a normal quote unquote human. And it so went against who he was as a person that it just like, it finally, he finally broke from it. All right, so we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna right away just bouncing off you from there. Yeah, I'm gonna bounce right into uh, the first scene where you see him with his social worker. Yes. Um. So that that's just a overall powerful scene because you have the opening full on thing of um, you know, he's doing his little signage work or whatever like that, and he gets the crap beat out of him by the kids and yeah. the sign broken on him and whatnot. And um, you know, that's just you know society picking on society. That you know, that's a norm even to by today's standards in some sort of way yeah. or fashion. It's just a lot more like brutal showing of it per se. But um him sitting, you know, in that office with the social worker talking to her, and then um the the scene where she asked for his book and her looking through that book, then you know, he kind of he shies away from it. He doesn't want to, but he knows he kind of has to and whatnot, because He's there for a reason. He's got to get his meds and everything like that. And, you know, looking into his book, like, this is, like, 
kind of the first real way that like not through actions but in words that we've been able to see into the Joker's mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like the obscurity of it, the thing that it reminded me most of in a crazy way was John Doe from Seven. Oh yeah. Okay. So I like, can see that. All right. Like it no like it was a little bit more, you know, pictural and, and you know artistic one and obviously way more jumbled because he you know, he doesn't have the John Doe uh, you know, IQ or whatever like that, but that's kind of what threw me back to, and I'm like, okay, they they're gonna go really deep with this in a sense of like how serious they're gonna go with it, yeah, and um, and uh, you know, you also get to see you know, you know, Joaquin's take on his character and whatnot, like you know his, um, you know what he put into his role, like developing the joke and whatnot, like. His laugh was really hard for me to get used to mm. in the beginning. I understand why they did it, and also like it's probably the, the only laugh out of any Joker rendition that's come close to what I remember from some of the Batman, you know, animated series. Um, but it was a little bit hard for me to get used to. But then I remembered, you know, this is mental health, you know, kind of driven movie or whatever like that. So this is probably part of his, you know, build for it or whatever like that. So anyway, it, it was just a really really neat scene to go. To you know, for Todd Phillips to think about and direct to, and kind of give us an inside look as to just kind of really how fucked Joker is, as if we didn't already know, but yeah. a different angle of it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You have anything to add onto that, Blake? I mean, just kind of like what, um, kind of to add on to to what you said about uh, how the movie doesn't necessarily humanize him, but kind of is okay. This is how he always was. He was trying to put himself in the box of a normal person found out he doesn't fit in that box and then eventually has to break out. I almost view it as um, sort of that deterioration of, of a human being that we see when it comes to when you read manifestos from like mass shooters or something. This guy clearly was handed a, a hard lot in life, no question. Um, but all those factors, the, the, the messed up childhood, the neurological disorder with the laugh, which at first, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of. I kind of was like, uh, you know, the first time he does the laugh and then he hands right. the woman the card, I was kind of like, that's a little bit of a weird decision to me to make it a neurological disorder. But as the movie went on and that that sort of uh, caused a lot of problems for him, you could see kind of how he's gone through life feeling like an other because of this. And all those factors just come in and, until this guy rages against society and rages against being and doesn't see other people as individuals, but as contributing factors to his misery. And so he yeah. needs to rage and against the other, everybody. And the other cool thing about his, uh, you know, the laugh and everything like that, um, even being neurological in a sense, just like how you put it, um, they, the more you, you know, cause I, I've watched the film at least five, six times now in the, in the time that, you know, I've owned it or whatever. And I, you know, it's now neat. Every time I watch it, I you know you, just like any film, you pick up a little bit more and more things. He slowly breaks away from dealing with it as a disease and just accepting it. Mm, yeah, kind of. That's like, what I was saying. Exactly. So like you know like every every moment of this film that's like pinnacle to pushing him over the edge or whatever like that is not really him falling into anything or whatever like that. It's him just more accepting things mm -hmm. as they are, including himself, and just going with it. Yeah. And like that's just it's it was really neat. It's just it was awesome take on it. It's just it's fun to watch every single time. I yes. got you. So kind of embracing that inner chaos. Exactly. That was, exactly. Yeah. That I, we all sort of have in us, but that you know can be fed by some of those traumatic emotions, and then he really just leans into it full go by the end of the movie. 
I kind of look at it like the the whole laughing disorder, which is a real disorder. People do actually have that one. Uh, that I, I kind of took it that the laughing in the weird circumstances in the things that he shouldn't be laughing at was kind of like his his psyche actually responding to it as opposed to what he he like mm. the logic part of him that needs to to try and be human is just like I don't know why this is happening this shouldn't be happening but I think it's that underlying thing of just like oh no that's that's hilarious to me it's a subconscious coming out exactly mm-hmm. you know? okay so back to that kind of he's still trying to put himself in a box even yes. though Okay, not, I get or what you're not now. even that. It's not trying to put himself in a box. He he literally just has this like full on mental disorder, and and you know he because like, you also have to remember like as the movie goes on and like I picked up on this today when I rewatched it again, you know once the social funding gets cut off and he doesn't have his person anymore, you know he got his last batch of meds, mm-hmm. and then we in one of the scenes you see all the empty bottles. And you see him take his last two meds, and then you know from there on after that there's no more. So you, there's only going to be a chaotic outcome mm-hmm. by the end of it because there is nothing holding it back anymore. There's no more suppression of any sort. It is going to take him over, and it is just going to come out, yes. and whatever was left of him is going to stay inside. Mm. All right. So uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is, of course, the uh, the same kind of thing that they did with Fight Club. And that is yes. the the Sorry. Ooh, got excited. just hitting the mic there. <laughs> Jeez, calm down. Her like shit. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's the uh, the fake things that happen throughout the story that you don't realize it until much later on. And I absolutely yeah. love this, of course. Yes, and anybody that mm-hmm. knows me knows that Fight Club is my all time favorite movie. So the fact that Todd Phillips decided to take elements from that film and put them into this or whatever like that was just absolutely wonderful for yes. me. Yes. But instead of <laughs> instead of sort of creating a character that shows up uh, and having like a, a dual personality there, it's really just Arthur creating scenarios in his head that he believes to be real. Right. And it's, you know, and if you do, you know, do a little bit of research or whatever like that, people a lot of people with mental disorders will create realities for themselves cuz a lot of times that is their own escape. That's their mm-hmm. only escape. From you know this harsh reality that they are unfortunately stuck in, yeah. and a lot of times don't you know have any help, just like he didn't or whatever like that. So this is their way of coping with things or whatever like that, and it's super sad. Yeah, you know, but unfortunately it is a reality. And once again, it was just more realism put into this film behind this character. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that I I loved though is is that moment when you really like it all comes crashing down. For him, not not like crashing down, but it's when when you su- suddenly realize that a lot of these interactions that you thought that he was having that were making him more human, that were like this possible chance of him being like redeemed or whatever, uh, get completely it, like it just completely goes out the window because you're like, oh my god, he just like it's all in his head. Yep, mm-hmm. like he did not have a relationship with Sophie. Like he did not de- like have have. Uh, you know, any of these other things that were actually happening. No, and I tell like, you what, man, that was a great actress right there. The, the scenes that she was in for like mm-hmm. how genuine, you know, she seemed, you know, to be, you know, in those situations when yeah. I was there for him, you know, like through his, you know, comedy skit, you know, mother and, yeah. you know, supporting him of just like, you know, like, you know, back, quote unquote backing the killings or whatever like that. And then to go from that to see her in utter, just purely scared that he's sitting in her apartment, yeah, or whatever like that, and, and she and she responds with like, "Your name's Arthur, oh, right?" Yeah. And you're just yeah. like, "Wait a second! Like they kissed and stuff in this previous scene? No, no they didn't. No, thank nope. you. Hashtag <laughs> fake news." 
Now, uh, did I, I've seen a lot of debate on this. Did he kill her and the kid? I have the answer to this. Todd Phillips was interviewed and specifically asked this question. No, she was not killed. Thank you. Okay, because yep. I, I'm not kidding. I read an article that annoyed me so much that said that Todd Phillips was scared to show the Joker killing the, the mother and daughter because that would have taken out any semblance of the audience still rooting for Arthur at this point. And to me, that like I, I, I couldn't have been more annoyed with that. No, no, no. See, he, and, he, I, he, and I think that goes... He wasn't goes, scared to show anything in that I movie, think that goes opinion. against uh, you know like his, his sort of character portrayal throughout most of it uh, because Arthur, like, and, and we can actually totally get into this now, like w with the actual violence in the movie. Uh, so Arthur doesn't actually like as Joker does not kill that many people in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, but one of the, one of the ones that I thought was one of the, the coolest ones is when the other like clowns show up and, and, uh, and his, his one friend there who was nice to him, uh, who, who was the short guy, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, I forgot what the other guy's name was the, 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 the one who actually gave him the gun. Yes. Oh man. Uh, so, so the, yeah, that, that guy, him. that guy actually, he shows up at the apartment with, with the other guy and it's just like Randall Randall. That's right. Mm. And, and he shows up there and he's just like basically trying to cover his tracks. Yeah. He's only there for self-preservation. He's, yeah, he's not there for anything of, you know, Arthur's well-being or seeing how he's doing. Mm -hmm. He just wants to make sure his ass is covered because he knows yeah. that he used that gun in those killings. And so Arthur then just like completely murders him, like as brutally murders you him. You know what we were talking about Mortal Kombat earlier. That was a fucking brutality with some yes. like, scissors too. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was a brutality hands down. If I've ever seen one for Mortal Kombat, so just, so this it this, was insane. This leaves the other guy though the 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 guy who who is the dwarf Gary uh, who, who like cowering in the corner and he's just completely terrified because he knows like okay he just took out the dude who was mm. way bigger. Oh it's yeah, like, he's like yeah. I'm. I'm a little guy. Like, there's no way that I'm I'm going to be able to like actually overpower him or do any. He's like, I'm mm. screwed. He's at his mercy. Yeah. Yeah. And so when when Arthur actually like lets him go, it, like it's this weird sort of moment where he goes up to the door and he realizes that he can't reach the lock. Which and he then has to ask the person who just <laughs> yeah. brutally murdered someone in front of his eyes. He's like. Can you, you get? Could you get the line? It is for such me? a serious scene, but it is so damn hard not to laugh at. Like, no, absolutely, is, some of the best comic relief in anything like, ever. I but mean. it's just like you can't help but feel bad for this dude because he's just like he's completely at the mercy of this other person, and then he's forced to rely on his kindness. Well, and especially to let him out, especially as he walks past it to go to the door. Arthur goes ah. Like reaches out. Yeah, that was so like, funny. Like, that was so to me, up. that was the Joker right there, just messing with you when he knows you're totally afraid. Yeah. And, but and but to but your he point, he killed the dude like purely because he was like, you don't actually care, right? It's like yes. so like so back to what you were saying though. No, like Todd About Phillips, the, he yeah he he fully in an interview quote for quote he he did not kill um, his girlfriend or the, the woman and her child or whatever like right. they, they are yeah exactly they had nothing to do with it yep like they 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 weren't a part of of what he needed to accomplish mm -hmm. and 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 killing randall was was definitely like part of that process it fit the now, mo of the vengeance now, a little bit let's also go back to the previous scene on the train 
with the uh, the Wall Street workers or the, the guys. That, some people have said that they worked for Wayne Industries. I don't recall if they act, if that actually was true or not. I think they worked for Wayne Industries, but there was probably some trading division or some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some securities trading or something so, under Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, so those three guys are on a train. They, they're, they've obviously been drinking and partying and stuff like that. They're, they're, it's, it's the 80s. It's Wall Street. You know, and these guys are making mad money and not having any repercussions for basically anything going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And they start harassing uh, a woman and Arthur just starts laughing, which is, you know, in in character. He doesn't really know what to do. And so he's just laughing hysterically. And the guys come over and start to beat the ever loving crap out of him. Yep. Right. And then Arthur pulls the gun that Randall gave him and just starts annihilating mm-hmm. these dudes lashes out kills the first two and the other guy it starts running out where arthur calmly follows him yeah see i was i was i was kind of wondering about that scene as it was happening i'm like are they gonna make him manic or is he gonna like follow through with what he wants to do and whatnot and yeah he he kept his crosshair on him the whole walk up yeah, lined it up and then he he unloaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> I did the clip into that man for. And real. that's that's where I was just like, okay, this this is a this is definitely a Joker mm-hmm. moment because it was it's crazy, it is insanity, yes, and 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 he you know could have let the dude run and it would have been you know whatever, but he didn't. He was like, nope, I got to accomplish my goal. So I'm going to hunt mm-hmm. this dude down and then just make sure that he is very dead. Yep. And then and then you have the iconic scene, which um, you know one of the stills was used as a poster. He he runs away because he has all the adrenaline flowing through him. Like he's finally let out his first little bit of all yes. this manic mm-hmm. chaos, and he he runs in this random decrepit ghetto ass bathroom, locks the door, and he just sees himself in the mirror. And whatever orchestra they got to do. The the yeah. the ambiance music for this was spot on. Yes. Like they it they was, nailed the tone of this film mm-hmm. to a T. And so he just starts dancing in the mirror with himself and covered in blood. Covered mm-hmm. in blood and you know, still has his, you know, you know, Joker paint on and stuff like that from the gig or whatever. And um he's just in there, just dancing away like nothing happened. And I'm like, that's fucked. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's that's when I knew, like, wow, this is this is an absolute masterpiece. Yes. That violin was hitting different whenever yeah. he starts dancing. Exactly. And to me, the moonlight coming in, it was it was reminiscent of a previous Joker. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Exactly. Yeah, right there. I love that. I was yeah. like, but yeah, it just perfectly encapsulates like this guy kicked around his entire life, has to suppress who he truly is, and then finally, when pushed too far, lashes out, feels powerful and by God, he likes it. I mean, yeah, and that and that was the other sets th- the stage for the rest of the film. And that was the other cool thing that Todd Phillips is. You know, he used that opening scene. Like, okay, you know, he he kind of just goes into himself to you know numb himself from the pain while this is happening. So then they start doing the same thing on the train. Like, okay, he's gonna get the shit beat out of him again. Nope, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. This is this is where you know a little bit of the script starts to flip on everybody. So yes. you got the train scene. So now this becomes a recurring theme throughout the film because they, they keep getting brought up. You hear them in the news broadcasts. You see newspaper clippings, which is a hilarious little scene of like, are we looking for this man? And it's a clown bat Dracula looking thing. And you see him <laughs> trying to imitate the face on it. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, of course, and you got the detectives that are now, you know, in pursuit of him per se, because they've 
you know, contacted, uh, you know, his old work and everything. Yeah. And so now you have a few few more wheels, uh, you know, going for that train. Um, and then, um, you know, his mom gets put in the hospital because the detectives uh, question her, you know, causing her to kind of, you know, panic attack and everything. And it has a stroke. And, uh, and, and, and so of everything, you know, he finds that letter that, uh, or that might have been a little bit beforehand. It was a little bit before. I don't know. He find, Just tie it all together. He, he, he finds that letter that, you know, his mom is, you know, she's been sending these letters to Thomas Wayne just because she used to be an employee of his. And you just, you don't understand why she needs to reach out to him so much. And then he opens the letter. And in the letter, it reads that, you know, you, you know, to Thomas Wayne, you know, I and your son need your help. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. There's no way that Joker and Bruce Wayne are related. That's that is not, that's not possible. Todd Phillips is not going to go down this road. I'm about to leave the movie theater. <laughs> this is I'm not okay with this. So you know we progress through. Um, he confronts Thomas Wayne in, in the bathroom, which was a very odd and hysterical mm-hmm. little back and forth banter. Yeah. Um, I really it was a little unsettling because you know you grow up watching so many different you know, shows about it and, you know, all these movies that are out now and the comic books and majority of them are PG-13 or less or whatever like that. But, you know, to, to hear Thomas Wayne be so straightforward and strict and, you know, kind of vulgar in a sense where with how he dealt with them was, you know, really different. It was, yeah. You know, not mm-hmm. not the easiest of, you know, versions to, to see him in or whatever like that. But ultimately, you know, that's kind of the whole theme of this film. So you well, got I mean, to go with it. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where in all the other depictions of of Wayne Enterprises or or, or or Thomas Wayne, like they portray him as like a a good man mm-hmm. for the most part, right. you know, who's trying to do things to help the city. Uh but I, I mean, I firmly believe that he could be like that. I mean, he was still a shrewd businessman. Yeah, he I was, was still he, he was s- still powerful. You and, see the corporate public you know, man or whatever like that. The, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and we don't know the real like skeletons that he could have had in his mm-hmm. closet. Like it's true. Most versions, they're already dead when you, you know, when, yeah. when you get, when you get introduced to them or when you hear about them, they, they're, yeah. they've already been dead they, for their lives. Years. Their lives in the story don't really matter because their, their, their deaths were the thing that caused the transition mm-hmm. for Bruce into Batman. Exactly. And it's mostly when characters are remembering them. They're they're looking through rose-colored glasses, you know, so they obviously view Thomas Wayne as sort of this good steward of the, exactly. the Wayne Enterprises, the Wayne fortune, and kind of giving back to Gotham to some extent. Yeah, I mean, except for in, um, in, in the previous, what, in Batman Begins or whatever, right? Is that the... Yeah, yeah, you get to see a little bit more Thomas Wayne Thomas in that one. Like, it's like I've built the monorail for everyone in the city, and mm-hmm, blah blah blah. And you're right. just like, okay, dude, like, like nice, okay, good, good services, good job for your tax. How many incentives. how many government yeah. subsidies did you get there, Thomas? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what government contract did you have to persuade? And here to we get? go. We're gonna break <laughs> down the Wayne and Empire, <laughs> yeah, the morality of Thomas Wayne. It, yes. Uh, well, I mean, I think it, it plays into this because he's he's a pivotal character in in Arthur's transition as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and I love how they. You know, at first you're just like, okay, like Thomas Wayne, it you know might be his his father, and then he's just like, nope, it's like all of this is completely like BS. Like you were adopted, you did all this, like all this other information comes out, and he's just like, oh my god, like 
this this woman like took me and allowed all of these bad things to happen to me and blah 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 blah. Yeah, because he goes to the hospital, he yes. finds her old record and everything like that. And this mm. ties back into a topic that you brought up earlier, talking about his mysteriousness and having a name and everything like that. So being adopted, that's just the name that she gave him. We still don't know his Ooh. actual birth name. Yep. And everything like that. So like he that's when he completely disowns anything Arthur like, and that's why then he smothers his mother. Because he's just so upset of all the lies and the, you know, just horrible things that she allowed in his life, you know, and I like that. I'm into that. Okay. So like, so that, that is him completely letting go of any and all lies mm-hmm. up to that point in his life. And then, you know, he goes back home because he's going to be on um, the, the talk show and everything. And then he dyes his hair and everything. So he is now the Joker. That's or like yes. start of the Joker. To, I right? like that. That's what he was. Right. Mm-hmm. He was forced into Arthur Fleck. Yep. And then he came back to his reality. Exactly. So like that that's why so we still have the mysteriousness. We but still he, have the nuance I did wanna, of Joker. Like he he is not yes, he's Arthur Fleck as a cast or like as a, you know, uh, a credit. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's not though. You still don't know who the hell he is. Yes. Yes. And that's that leads but, to the multiple origins. I love that. There with, you go. with the uh with that scene though with him in 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 the hospital room with his mother where where he murders her with a pillow. Uh, she, he says one of the, one of the great lines of the movie, which is that I used to think that my life was a tragedy. It was like, turns out it's a comedy <laughs> and then, and then kills her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and that to me is that exact moment where he's just like, it's, it's separated for him and he's no longer Arthur and he, he is the Joker. And then it took, you know, a couple more steps in his process to fully convert to that with, like you said, the dying of the hair, the mm-hmm. putting on the suit and, and like all of that kind of stuff. And then going on to be on the talk show and then having himself be introduced as Joker. Yep. And just, you know, I don't know. Like, okay. So they, Todd Phillips brought it back around. I'm like, okay. He's not related to Bruce Wayne. We're back on track here. That's <laughs> it's really messed up still, and like you know, it was just like you know, awesome, crazy scene, of course. And the the actress who plays um, his mother and whatnot, she's a she's a recurring actress on American Horror Story, and uh, she is just flat out awesome and whatnot. And all her roles on there, so it was really cool to see her kind of outside of uh, of those sort of elements, sort of like that, because that show is just super messed up, as I'm sure you know. But uh, you know, to see her in kind of she was still a semi motherly role, but she you know was also batshit crazy, and you know probably you know why she you know a lot of the things that happened that you know she did to her adopted son or whatever like that. So now, um, so now he we have transitioned into the beginnings of Joker. We uh, have wiped Arthur Fleck from our from our hands, and whatnot. They're blood soaked and uh, painted with clown clown makeup, and we are now going on to the Murray Franklin show. Um, the show that's been, you know, that, uh, recurred throughout the film. It was a show that he w- liked to watch with his mom and, and, uh, you know, that, that was actually, uh, the talk show was the first little bit of a fight club esque type thing, because that, that was kind of a hint as to what he was going to be mm-hmm. doing because he imagines himself, you know, you know, being, you know, brought down on stage by Murray Franklin and everything, having that fake conversation with him about how I wish I had a son like you and whatnot. Like yeah. he was doing that at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film, like already putting himself in, you know, situations that, you know, he w- that he wanted to be in, that he wished was his reality. So now it is a reality. He is now on the show and everything like that. And he is in full get up and fully crazy off his meds. Um, you know, the five murders under his belt now. And um 
And kind of like what you brought up earlier, Brian, you know, we are under this impression that he is going to eventually kill himself. Yes. Because every every sit down, like everything that he, you know, when he, he's he practicing has, for the show. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he always imitates blowing his own head off. Yes. With uh, with that same revolver and whatnot. And so we, we got this really neat interview because <laughs> you can you can picture it. You know, we've all grown up watching, you know, late night TV shows and you know, I still, you know, intermittently do every now and again and. And they, they nailed the ambiance of it, the scene of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, you know, with the uh, Robert De Niro, Murphy, yes. you know, yeah, uh, Franklin, you know, uh, bantering back and forth, you know, pulling out his book, throwing in his little one clip, one quips at him and everything. And, uh, but then, you know, Joker, he just lets go. He just fully admits on public TV, I did those killings. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the whole tone of the whole show changes. <laughs> oh, you just, you I just killed those people because they were awful. Exactly. Murray. You, you just Murray. <laughs> the way he says it. Yeah, it, it was super unsettling. But you, it's just so. It's a neat feeling when you watch a film and you get to feel that change happen as if you yeah. are in that audience. So, and um, and like that's the thing. Like when he comes out, you know, it's it's really kind of goofy he's not graceful when when he is like doing the little dance like over to the the stage and stuff uh and and he's not like you can tell that that he's just not normal in in his movements which is is really interesting to watch but uh one of the best scenes in the entire movie is that moment when he looks at murray and you can see like the absolute rage that is there. Like everything about him has been sort of like, you know, ah, this this is funny, you know, like I'm a funny guy, even though I'm messed up. <laughs> and then he stares at Murray and it's just like like, no, I'm gonna kill you. It was yeah. like a, it was like literally a switch. Yeah, it, it's like, you know, I cannot believe that that like you exist in my world right now mm-hmm. and you're going to die. And but it's like it's like everything about it. Like the the way the mouth is is like and jaw is clenched, the like the cold stare just straight at him. Like that is just pure unadulterated rage right there on the surface. And then like uh Murray Murray says something in response and the like the second that happens you see everything sort of fade away. You see uh you see Joker like become a little bit sad. You see him become like angry. You see like reluctance. You see acceptance. Like all of it. Five seconds of acting. <laughs> and this man just nailed this transition. Yep. Joaquin Phoenix definitely he he reached down deep to to pull whatever talent he he had out for this one. And uh it was truly something because the uh, the other part of the opening scene in the movie where you see, you know, he's sitting in front of the mirror putting the makeup on and he had the single tear come down his face. That was done in one take. Like they, they said, Whoa. yeah, they, they, <laughs> they said action to, to do it. And he started putting on makeup and then he, he got it. And then that, that was it. Like that's the opening scene of the movie. Just My God. One take. <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous to, to hold yourself like that together. Like not choke yourself up, you know, not, not cough, not anything, but to summon that one little thing that, you know, can, touch so many people and you know immediately what exactly is going on. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. The the nuances that he kind of does and then the the improvisation too. The uh the scene where he climbs into the refrigerator. I read that that was improvised and the whole cast was like or the whole cast and crew was like what what is he doing? What's going on right now? 
And that just kind of shows how into this character he got. I mean, did you guys see his interview on Fallon where he's talking about uh, breakdancing as a younger person and Fallon makes a joke and then Joaquin Phoenix literally looks at him and he's just like, you're making fun of me right now, but it was really important to me and blah, blah, blah. Like, he clearly bought into this character and kind of the way that Arthur Fleck gets kicked around and the fact that he is a victim of a society without empathy, he's, he really, like, brought a spotlight onto that. And it's yeah. just like, no, Jimmy, you're, like, I'm trying to talk about something that means something to me, and you're making jokes about it, and I'm, I don't like that. Like, a lot of actors would have just laughed that off, but he checked him for it right then and yeah. there. I mean, it, you can tell that he really took this seriously from a standpoint that he was also portraying someone with mental health issues. So, we we now have this whole setup. We know that the it's all Joker from here on out. Like, there is yes. no, there's nobody else. Um, he... he <laughs> <laughs> he says his last punchline to him, and he uh, he j- just murders Franklin on live TV. Um, and uh, he, he this was probably out of all the dancing he did, this is my favorite dance. Once everybody is actually evacuated, and he stands up out of his chair, he kind of does this little jig back and forth. Like he he's so excited about himself, like he's so proud mm-hmm. yes. of what he just did. He kind of just goes back and forth and dances a little bit, and then he goes up to the camera, which is definitely a Joker thing to do, just to be the center of attention Address or whatever. Address the crowd, like yes. Mm-hmm. They, they cut him off, and then, and then you know, this has, um, this has set the final thing in motion that has been brought up in the movie. Um, you know, ever since the subway killings, you know, the, the lower class have started to revolt in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Against the rich, you they've know, taken they, the clown is like their moniker exactly. for their protests. Yeah, you know, so as soon as he kills Franklin, you know, the pa- the the TV screen, uh, the camera pans out and it goes into a control, you know, control booth or whatever for the studio, and you see all the other monitors and you see all the other riots that have yeah. sparked in Gotham from this, you know, one event that mm-hmm. has now happened. So it, it cuts to uh, Arthur or Joker has now been arrested. He's in the back of a cop car, and the angle of which he is shown in the cop car on the way—such a good one. It's well, and it's classic now because yep. you know that is that Fall is told. Yeah, exactly. That is, I guess, Todd Phillips's nod to Dark Knight, tipping the cap. Yep, exactly. So, um, you know, he's driving everything, and as you know, we're going down downtown Gotham and everything. Things are on fire. People are riots are stuff. happening. Oh, it's full blown riot, and Joker is like, I did this. Like he is. He is fully responsible for something for the first time in his life that he is proud of. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, and then just like uh, you know, pure Joker fashion with all the chaos going on, cop car gets T-boned and he gets knocked out. Um, I, I can only assume that the cops are are dead on impact or whatever. And uh, people walk by the car and see him in it and they recognize him because they're the you know he's the one that started it all. And they, yeah. They bring him out. You know, kind of like this is, you know, in the he's kind of like their savior. You know, they yeah. bring him out in a kind mm-hmm. of a Christ-like way or whatever like that. And, you know, lay him out on the car to make sure he's okay and let him wake up. And uh, he gets to look around and see, you know, this was to me the true Joker thing. You know, Joker in all the renditions, of he always has so many henchmen. He has such a just a huge following. Yeah. and. And everything like that. And you never really know or get to see it. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that you see this whole city surrounding him. All these people that are like, we're here for you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the coolest transformation of Joker getting his smile. Yes. 
you know, like there's no more, you know, how I got these scars, or whatever, like that. Like, the blood. The blood. Uh-huh. And it's just perfect. Yep. God, it, it chills you right to the bone. It just does. To watch him do it and then the orchestra in the back, like you mentioned before. Exactly. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yes. Absolutely. So good. But at the exact same time that all of these riots were happening to be going on, is the moment when good old Bruce and his family were out to a theater to see a show and he got scared and decided to leave and they go out the side where all of a sudden some dude in a clown mask is waiting for him, kills both of Bruce's parents, and of course even snaps the pearls off of the mother's neck, which is exactly true to comic form in every single detail. And it's just that great, great thing where in this storyline, in this version of Joker, Joker is the direct cause of Batman being created. Mm-hmm. That the chaos came about and and the darkness slash, I guess, light side <laughs> rose up <laughs> the to, dark light. to, to, exactly. to meet it. And, uh, and I just thought that was such a cool tie-in. Yep. Mm-hmm. So much to the, to the point where I honestly hoped I honestly hoped that the next Batman movie would start with just that scene. Oh, like that's, if that's they the beginning just of the took film? that scene, Pattinson's Batman, Pattinson's Batman starts with that scene. I'd be into it. Well, no, supposedly from you know through the grapevine of Hollywood, of course, um, that th- that this Joker is going to be the the you know they are going to tie in with Pattinson's movie. Mm. Like the, this is the one that they are going with. So hopefully, wow. hopefully you get your wish. Because that um, would be very nice. I heard they were doing a sequel to this Joker. Yes, they are going to do a sequel, but uh, and and um, they also have a huge lineup for Pattinson's Batman movie right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, That's right. it is just ridiculous. But I, I a lot have, of villains. I have not heard fully, like you know, confirmation wise as for how how much or what they're going to do tie in wise for Joker. But supposedly that that Joaquin is going to be the new ongoing Joker. Mm. And so, so forth, and so forth with his version and everything like that. So, um, we we should hopefully now see a decent start, good role to the DC universe. Yes, at least mm-hmm. for the Batman side of the world. Yeah, it would and, be uh, would be nice. At least the the Gotham corner of the yes. DC universe. Now, I, but hopefully we get to see the the true darkness that Batman films have not been able to portray yet. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you know the Dark Knight trilogy and you know the the Batman anthology and whatnot. They were all before. You know this. You know, bring about of rated R comic book movies. You know they they were only for the family audience and da da da. Mm-hmm. But now, if we're going to include this Joker in these movies, the only way to keep it as dark as it is is to keep it for the adult audience, mm-hmm. because you know you can't tackle the same subjects and you can't show the same brutalness that both of them go through in yeah. some of these conflicts without doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not possible. You're never going to achieve it. I don't care how dark of a director you get for it you throw that pg-13 sticker on there it's going to be ruined mm-hmm. uh, my flat-out opinion is uh, you're not going to change my mind on it because and you know then like this proves it this was a billion dollar pull-in movie yes it was mm-hmm. over a billion dollars yes rated r comic book movie right if you don't follow this you are stupid yeah <laughs> That's fair. I mean, in the end, the, the the Marvel movies seem to have that like family market cornered and almost. So if you're DC, if you want right. to just make this your lane, go ahead. Why it, not? It's wide open. That Marvel's mm-hmm. not going to go for, it, especially now being owned by the mouse. Yeah. You know, the the only thing that they're going to keep, 
you know, keep their toe in the water with, you know, adult is Deadpool mm-hmm. because they know that they will lose their following and that whole franchise will be dead. Right. And I think they'll be fine with releasing some rated R movies under 20th Century Studios. Hopefully they can flesh out some yeah. sort of X-Force universe underneath Deadpool there. Oh. But but I, I, I agree with uh, if they ever decide to make Joker PG-13, I'll wait and see what they're doing with this Batman movie. I'm I'm. Pretty much on your side, though, if they don't yeah. make this one rated R, I think it's a missed opportunity because if you do want to roll this Joker in, to me it would make sense. And what they've said is in Joker 2, uh, allegedly, and obviously it's way too early because they haven't even confirmed if Joaquin Phoenix is back yet, but in this one we would see him um, take on Carmine Falcone and organized crime and sort of establish himself as a very high-level criminal after escaping from Arkham. To me, you could have him in Arkham during Robert Pattinson's Batman movie, have him escape in some sort of post credit scene, Joker 2, then you have Batman versus Joker in their own, in their own movie so that the, the juxtaposition between Pattinson's Batman and Phoenix's Joker isn't kind of muddled down by a lot of these yeah. other villains that they have. in the Because, I mean, you've already got Colin Farrell as uh, the Penguin. Who are the other? Who are the other big ones that they have? They have some big actors in here and a lot yeah, of villains I, that they're I honestly need. haven't looked into it yet, so I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know about that one. But that's what I'm saying. And to me, that's what separates uh, Batman as a character mm-hmm. from the Joker, right? Because, like you mentioned, that initial riot is uh, what kills his parents. Yeah. And so, knowing who Batman is as a character, we know that he's going to rise above all that, and he's not going to seek to take revenge on those people who gave him his hard lot in life, like Arthur did. Yeah. And to see that opposite and to see those two forces collide with one another in their own film, I think that would be such a deep superhero movie, and it it could potentially be, you know, Dark Knight levels of good. I think so. I think you are correct. And to answer your question real quick, uh, as of right now, confirmed people for the patents in Batman. We got Zoe Kravitz for Catwoman, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. Yeah, she's good. Uh, Jeffrey Wright for Commissioner Gordon. I think he's most known right now yeah. for his uh, role in Westworld. Yes. Yeah. Um, Paul Bernard. D- Paul Dano as Riddler. Um, he's a little bit lesser known actor, but the things he's in. No, I could see um, that one. He's, uh, he's, he's got that creepy-esque kind of bone structure and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm totally okay with him being Riddler because he, he'll pull that off. Yeah. We got Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth, which I am iffy about because that's just odd to me. It'll be interesting. Um, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, which right. I am very okay with. All right, okay. That's, I'm cool with that. I, and then uh, Pattinson as Batman, of course, and then as you uh, put up uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin. Which, as long as he stays away from his uh, actor portrayal of uh, Bullseye from Daredevil, mm. we'll be okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you forgot about that, didn't you? Yeah, I that did. was pretty bad. I really did. <laughs> what are they doing picking people out of that movie? Then they had Ben Affleck play Batman, and then they had... Hopefully his Marvel to DC transition yeah. will be will be really, really good better. because that was just utterly, utterly horrible. But, yes, it so was. So including Falcone, that's four m- villains that you mentioned. Exactly, yes. And uh, a character like Alfred, a character like Commissioner Gordon. All these people need time to develop. They have great actors playing them. I mean, they could... They could they could pull an Irishman to make it three and a half hours. Right, you know? I doubt it. <laughs> Studios <laughs> won't like it. Yeah. No, or theaters won't like it. I so mean. anyway, either way, let's tie this all back around though, because mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to the end of Joker as of yet. Which no, is they to me, they could have ended it with that with yeah, that scene, mm-hmm. but could've, they didn't. Could have done it. So they they tie it all back around where he's he's been arrested. Still, he is in Arkham. 
they don't specific do they specifically say Arkham anywhere? They might have implied it like they, on a file or something like that, right? Uh, well, when he goes to the hospital to get the file, it is broadly put on there that that is Arkham, but they do not talk about where he goes. But we can yeah. only we, we can, can only assume, assume mm-hmm. yeah, that, that it is Arkham. So it's him talking to like a uh, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and it's it's you know he's not wearing the makeup, he's just there, he's doing his thing, and he's he I, I the the best part of the scene for me is still where he starts to laugh and she goes you know what's funny and he goes oh I just I thought of a joke and she goes well do you care to explain it to me and he goes no you wouldn't get it <laughs> and it's like that moment where you're like okay like. Like this is this is really really kind of creepy, and then the next thing you see is him walking down the hallway, kind of jogging, dancing. Yeah, no, not, not jogging, skipping. Yes, and that's when you see that he is leaving a trail of bloody footprints behind, which means that like that girl, that lady is the first like real just straightforward mm-hmm. like victim who did nothing to him. First that we saw that we saw like mm-hmm. and and it was it was completely just like off the wall like he killed her just because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And That's then, when he's fully formed Joker in my opinion, and especially since he goes back to dancing again at and the he's in he- the hallway, he's hearing the music, you know, in his head. <laughs> That's and, why, and he, he starts getting chased uh, by the guards and stuff <laughs> right. like that. And you see him running across into the hallway, going back and forth, almost like one of those old Scooby Doo gags. Yes, that's all what I was thinking about. Like, it's like a doors. comic book or whatever yes. like that. Like, oh, do, 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 right, do, do, do. almost like a my life is a comedy. <laughs> thing. Yes, like yes. right back to there. And so Love. that that to me right there is honestly the creepiest thing that he does in the movie as far as killing people goes. Because the people on the train kind of had it coming. They were beating him up. Randall kind of had it coming because he was, you know, just like out for himself and, and he didn't care anymore. Uh, Murray was picking on him and mm-hmm. like making him the butt of all the jokes and like that kind of stuff. And, and he's so, sort of been the object of his like. Uh, adoration for yes. so many years and that, then to come down on him that really messed him up yeah. that, was so, Todd, that was Todd Phillips's nod uh, you know that whole saying never meet your heroes mm. you know so uh, I like that yep yes because they might make fun of you <laughs> and then and then after that it's like but for the psychologist like she's the first one that's just like okay she had nothing to do with mm-hmm. any of that other stuff like he just killed her straightforward because <laughs> she was there yep and so, that's what was just like oh my god like yep. that's amazing. Like it's messed up, but mm-hmm. it's still just like like the for for a writer and and a director to like actually go there. Just I thought was mind blowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Todd Phillips, you know, for for being the comedic genius that he is in Hollywood, in you know, in Hollywood and everything like that. Um, this was his his first step out of that realm um, into just the not only not only uh, DC's quote unquote like superhero. Uh, you know, film or whatever like that, but also into uh, drama, darkness, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, does, did did he nail it? Uh, he definitely gets both sides of the spectrum from uh, from sad and and dark to to funny and uh, raunchy. Definitely. I mean, I think you have to uh, get a little bit. I think you have to ha- understand that like dark side a little bit to be as funny as Todd Phillips was in that first Hangover movie because that first Hangover movie, I mean, that came along and it was like the comedy of the decade. I mean, people did not stop talking about that movie. Oh, oh yeah, I mean that that complete that completely changed just the the comedy genre as mm-hmm. we know it or whatever like that. That you know that opened up uh, a whole slew of uh, kind of a subgenre. For, for comedies or whatever like that come out in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and you know, and he you know refined it, he came back to it, and everything like that. And uh, it was uh, those are still just really neat films to watch. But uh, this uh, this definitely took the cake for him. Definitely uh, earned him a really nice paycheck too. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's let's do a brief sort of uh, comparison of the Jokers that have been in media. Right. Okay. Are we going to leave it as at movies or are we doing movies and television? Let's do movies and television. We can because they're throwing Mark Hamill's Joker. Oh, though that's absolutely top of the list. Yeah, because (laughs) Mark Hamill's Joker is like one of the best iterations of the Joker. I mean, you're absolutely right. And I mean, and that was a like one of the cleaner versions of him too. I mean, along with the uh, the '60s uh, Batman version, Mm -hmm. Cesar Romero. Yeah, Cesar Romero, which is who uh, wouldn't shave his mustache. Yes, exactly. Uh, you and Henry Cavill both, bro. What's your problem with not shaving your mustache for DC? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, obviously we've got to get to the the recent three. Because mm-hmm. we can talk about Jack Nichol- Nicholson like all the, all the time, right? Like Because he, he established it as like this sort of like awesome, bombastic, like over the top Joker, you know, who says you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, you know, the one who pulls the giant gun out of his pants because <laughs> why not? Shoots down a plane with one shot at freaking three miles away because the Joker. Uh, but he he was so good in that role, like just because. I mean, it. But it's still it's it's Jack Nicholson. As the Joker. And as a little side part while we're on the subject, he was actually the highest grossing actor of the movie, not because of the name that he was, but because of his contract. He signed on to do a percentage of the box office film. There you not go. Not just a flat rate or whatever like that. Yes, yes. And if you look up the box office for that film, it was outrageously awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. So I remember that, Tom, that movie Tom Hanks out. trick. Huh? Isn't, isn't that like Tom Hanks is famous for that? I don't know. Someone is. I don't know. but Either I, him or Clooney. I, I, I know for a fact that he did for that film, though, and it paid off. Right. Yeah. Uh That's so so Jack Nicholson like definitely like set the standard for the movie version, yes. right? He he was the initial and was just like over the top awesome. So then you skip forward uh, a few decades and we get the next version of the Joker, which is the Heath Ledger Joker. Yes. Which mm-hmm. We we saw that movie opening night. Yeah, we went we went to the theaters for that one for sure. We we knew that we wanted to and we, yes. we were already a fan of the of you know Batman Begins. We 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 enjoyed Christian Bale, you know, and his in his yes. take of it and everything. And we also just like Chris Nolan's um, you know, take on the films and whatnot, like the the energy that he brought to it mm-hmm. or whatever. So we were we were excited for Dark Knight. But we ended up going afterwards and sitting at a steak and shake until the wee hours of the early morning. <laughs> yeah, because we, we did midnight release. They got it got out about two, and then we left Steak and Shake probably about five five fifteen in the there morning. There you go, just, yeah. just contemplating. We we stayed there long enough to get breakfast. That I remember. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, brought out the breakfast and, menus for you. And yes. we we uh, but we sat there the entire time just being like, my God, Ledger, like it was wh- all about the movie. How? There wasn't like, no catching up. There was no other topics or anything like that. It was. It, and it the was, full discussion of just that. And it was just the sheer tragedy knowing that he was dead and that like that version of the Joker wouldn't be seen mm-hmm. again. And, and and because we we were already Heath Ledger, like not I wouldn't say fanboys, but we were deep fans because we went and saw Lords of Dogtown in theaters yeah, together. And he was awesome in that. I mean, heck, he's he's yeah, been you forgot about that. I, I've you? seen that movie. Yeah. Oh man, he I was like re- he was good in practically everything that he did. Even the stupid romantic comedy things that he did. You know, or the teen movies and yep. stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. Well, he like, had the pretty boy face. You knew he was going to do some rom coms and everything. Yeah, but, but he I was mean, a versatile good actor. He was going to bring good energy to the film. I mean, even yeah, a Knight's paper. Tale is like, 
it's a stupid movie, but he's still <laughs> fun to watch because it doesn't take itself seriously. It's like, no, we're goofy and we know it, like, but just accept it. Yeah. Uh, but Ledger Ledger went in a direction with the Joker that had never been seen before. He he recluses mm-hmm. himself in a hotel room for like three months. Yes. Like, no human contact with anybody but himself. Right. And and, and like he this, developed this voice. He developed this like character type. The he ticks, did, the tongue, everything. Ha, yes. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, 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 ho. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he. And like, and then when he even filmed the movie, like did so many just really cool off the wall, like improvisational things that, I mean, that clap. That he does when when they're like all watching yep. the news and he's just like, mm-hmm. yep, that was all him. He, it's a point uh, of he, he yeah. always did. Um, he always did his own makeup. That's why it's different in every scene. Ooh. Every scene is different because uh, he he always did something because that's he felt that if the joke you know if the Joker's gonna do his own makeup like it's never gonna be the same in every single yeah. scene or whatever like that. So that um, he did that. Uh, the scene where he steps off the elevator um, at the party or whatever like that. And um, Michael Caine sees him. That was the first time Michael Caine saw him for the first time. He had lines to say in that scene, but he was utterly speechless. Yeah, he, he couldn't. He couldn't comprehend that he looked like that and like just the energy. Wow. And like Michael Caine, that is that's no sub notch actor. Yeah. yeah, he's been around for a long time. Been around the block. Yeah. <laughs> and he walked off that elevator and he couldn't mutter any of his lines. Yup. <laughs> It's like Just, there was an actual like terrorist person in here. Yes. And uh Ledger though just he created this persona that established him as one a complete like he was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And everything that he was doing was for the chaos of it just because. Right. But Everything he did was calculated. Mm-hmm. I know he says the line like do I look like you know the guy with a plan? Look like no. But well, he, that, but that's the whole thing. He does not look like it, and that's, and that's part of the whole mystery of him. Right? Yes, absolutely. And so he he kept going, and and I know we talked about this the scene where he he and he and Batman were like, our Batman was like just beating the ever loving crap out of him in in the cell or in the uh, the interrogation room, and Ledger, uh, he the entire time that he's in there and he's explaining all of this stuff to him, like he knows that he's not going to kill him. So there's he knows that there's nothing he can do to him to actually like mess him up, and he calls him out on it. He you calls have, him out on you it. You have rules, yeah, yeah, and, and you have to break your one rule. You have yeah. nothing to hurt me with, with all your strength. Yep. Yes, and so it isn't. He doesn't laugh. He doesn't smile. He doesn't do anything of the sort. He just explains it very calmly. Doesn't doesn't even raise his voice. Explains it very calmly to Batman. This is what's happening. This is how it's going to play out. And and like all this kind of stuff. And then it isn't until Batman actually loses his cool and starts beating him up that that's when he starts laughing because that's when he knows that he's actually won. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about actually doing anything criminal. It is about doing what he wants to do and getting the thing that he wants done. Yep. And that was causing chaos and causing Batman to do what he wasn't willing to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to break you and your rules will go out the window. Because he's like, I understand that this is an order. This is chaos. And it was just such a brilliant portrayal. Then this leads to the craptastic version of Leto. <laughs> what? No. I'm sorry. Did but you say craptastic? Like, craptastic. <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was good. Uh, man, Suicide Squad, just like, <laughs> no. See, that to me, that's like 
good idea, poor execution. That was a decent idea for a modern Joker with kind of a like hip hop gangster that, spin on it, but then just not necessary in that movie. The movie didn't yeah, have room for him. I, I felt that I've come up with the perfect way to describe and it. I, but but he, honestly, I I think that it was. I mean, to go after Ledger, that was just brutal for him. In the in, I mean, had that been the the first iteration of him, mm-hmm. people might have been like, okay, I get this. I understand what they're going for. But to go from Ledger, which is literally a, an award-winning like performance, yeah. then to go to Leto and just be like, okay, like that's not this. We were kind of expecting exactly. this, and you gave us this, and so no. To me, they should have hinted at him in that movie and been like, oh, he's out there, blah, blah, blah. Like This universe's Joker is out there, and then we meet him later. So we build up a little bit of hype in our It would have been hilarious had he actually done some kind of a joke and be like, what are you expect me to have scars on my face and like <laughs> he uh the only way i've found to like fully describe what i think about him he is the millennials joker i could see that you know tattoos with the grills and the tattoos and like it, it's just like that was their best way to make him relatable to today's crowd and who and once again pg-13 who's gonna go see it so let's relate it to the kids that are it's mm-hmm. like you know the teenagers for Heath Ledger, they weren't all into all that crap. But, you know, when this one came out, new wave of, you know, you know, age group or whatever like that, this is what they're into. So this is what we're going to put all over the Joker because yep. that's what they like. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then that, of course, leads us to uh, Joaquin Phoenix doing his current version of the Joker. And I think that it's it was such a great portrayal. And it is such solid acting that he just he makes the movie work mm-hmm. extremely well. And I mean, absolute kudos to him for doing so because he did something that I didn't think was actually possible, and that was make a solo Joker movie, well, one that you'd want to see more than once, mm-hmm. and one that you actually enjoy talking about. Yes, and mm-hmm. one that has something to say just yeah. about broader society and and people in general, and not just uh, kind of. Um, that's uh, not just a superhero movie. Yeah, not not your average cookie cutter comic book movie. Yep. And I w- and they they walked a very very thin line because there were some people who call him an anti-hero and I guess to the the writers and stuff he would be. Yeah. But to to us watching the movie it's not. It's 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 definitely like tragic on our part because we we feel for the like the normal person that we we want him to be. Mhm. But he's not that. And so when he actually does become the Joker, you're like, okay, like, you know, I don't have sympathy for this person or person. I don't have empathy for them. But I understand what he's doing and why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until he really, really crosses that line into killing the psychologist that that's where I think that it's like, okay, he went way past getting revenge on people. And then is now just like killing mm-hmm. people outright. It's like that uh, meme you come across on the internet. Uh, how does it read? Um, uh, as kids, we we like and we root for the hero, but then as adults, we understand the villain or relate more to them. Mm. And you know, it's just because then we go through more adult things. We get broader points of view on stuff. We you know develop our own experiences and yeah. go through our own heartache and loss and stuff like that. And it's just like, huh. Yeah, okay, that's not really out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. to happen. Start to understand a little bit more different worldviews, and even though they might be flawed or whatever, like um, I think I think one that comes to mind whenever they're like, oh, growing up loving the Avengers and then being an adult realizing Thanos was right, blah, 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 like that yeah. whole thing. 
and it's you know and that and that is definitely gonna that that character and that whole that whole story is gonna have the most gray area of any topic really uh, for that. But uh, but sure. I do see both sides though. Like they they both have their pros and cons and uh, their their drives for them and everything like that. And I'm not yeah. I'm not ever gonna mm-hmm. side with one or another when they both have decent logic behind them. You know, it's just that is how it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I I'd say honestly, like I mean, if we're gonna rank this movie, if we're gonna give it like a number score. I've I've got to give this like at least an eight, if not if not higher than that, because mm-hmm. I think that is just a very very well put together movie. It is so well acted, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in a sequel or with tying it into some of the other uh, franchises. Mm-hmm. It, it it gets a solid nine for me just because it had a little bit more elements of like that just personally tugged at me. Like I said, the whole, the the Fight Club esque you know per, uh, elements of it and everything, and um, and uh, you know the the great writing that Todd Phillips was able to do with making you think one thing, but then, you know, developing the story a little bit more and bringing you back for it. Like, yeah. I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I went and saw it with my wife and um, her uh, sister and dad and whatnot. Um, I, you know, she walked out loving it. Um, the other two were just, it's not that they were confused, but like they're not as in depth with the stories as we are and everything like that. So they, they walked away, not happy, you know, that oh, okay. they, they, they would have much rather just rented it, or you know, uh, you know, if it got put on some sort of streamer or whatever like that. They would have much rather saw it that way. I was ready to go back the next day and see it again, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they thought I was absolutely crazy. And I'm just like, that this is perfect. This is what I've been waiting for for you know this you know storyline or whatever like that. So yeah, it gets easily solid nine for me. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say nine out of ten too. I'm right there with you. All this right. it, it checked all my boxes that I wanted for this Joker movie. Just uh, a a very um, real gritty descent into madness. Uh, and then to, to me, the fan reactions that I didn't get though, I was reading online. A lot of people, uh, apparently need to be explicitly told not to root for the murderer because a lot of people were like, Oh, it makes it seem like if you have mental problems that if you just go out and kill people that, you know, it'll solve all your problems or like all that stuff. No, (laughs) if you see someone doing something violent, like, you don't need to be told that's a bad guy. Like, yes, the movie is structured in a way that you sort of feel for Arthur, but that's because you're looking at it from his point of view. Yeah, it, it's 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 to make you not relate to him, but to just kind of understand him. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not to make you side with him, and that 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 just bugs the crap out of me. This yeah. is why we need to remove all warning labels and just let nature take its course. Huh, yeah. <laughs> to me though, I, I, I like that. I like that too. We, you don't want to relate to him, but it lets us understand him on yeah. some level. And to me, if we kind of, as a society take a position that we want to understand people like Arthur Fleck who do bad things like that, we can create fewer people like that who the go mo- out there and do bad things. Well, and the more you understand something, the less you fear it. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is, they, that's why everyone is so afraid of you know people with guns and this that and the other because people don't understand them. Yeah, people don't understand or or people don't want to understand the drive behind what made them you know mm-hmm. do that or whatever like that. We're not going to get into this. I do not want to create any cause right. of controversy or whatever yeah. like that. But I, but you know, back up with just a few phrases or whatever like that. The 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 less people understand, the more they fear. That is yep. that is common knowledge well and and whatnot. And you know that's. It's just it is what it is, but but I did like you know your one little word, four letter word. The thing I liked most about this movie, it was real. 
Like it did, did not feel fake. It did not feel, mm-hmm. you know, I love the Avengers movies for what they are, but you just, you, sometimes it is just a little hard to get past the CGI of it all. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the, the creativeness all, of it. All but, the times right. that Iron Man should have died just from impact yes, alone. Exactly. It so, makes sense within the context of the world, but you're right. You can't apply it to our real world. Exactly. And this but one you can't. This was real. Mm-hmm. And or it, it felt real enough, and that I think it was just such a big drive for the film. What made it as successful as it was? People liked, yep. you know, people do go to the movies to get away from reality, mm-hmm. but they also like a movie that they can feel for or that they can relate to in some aspects or whatever like that, or just understand. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But all in all, <clears throat> sorry. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Oh, so I was just going to say his part in the monologue where he says, you tell us all to be good little boys and go away, and you you don't know that we might go werewolf and do all this. Like, to me, that's him. That's that's giving a voice to all the people who get pushed aside by society. No, no, we don't want to hear from you. Go away. Go under the rug. You know, uh, well, that thing that Joker is, lifted yeah. up the rug. Exactly. In that, that, that thing in the notebook. The worst thing about, you know, having a mental illness is people expect us to act as if we don't have one. Mm-hmm. Like that was probably like, I, I don't think he ever like states that verbally, but that's probably one of the most powerful quotes that you will read when you see it in that whole movie, mm-hmm. because it is entirely so, so sad because it is so, so true. Right. I think he tries to tell it as a joke at some point, but then like doesn't get through it or fumbles through it or something. But, or, or but, yeah. I, th- I think he actually changes so his mind on doing it. But it's just like, that's, that's just what horrible. Like, mm-hmm. But it created at least a lot of attention for it. Hopefully it created some good out of it somewhere and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am I am fortunate enough to not know too many people, um, you know, in that world or whatever like that. And um, I'm, you know, you know, just a shout out though. If you do have it, I don't know about it. Let us know. We're here. Yeah. Also, We're yeah, good people. Yeah, we are good people. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook though. If you search for "Grab Your Popcorn," you can find like uh, the posts that David loves to do on there and interact with us. Uh, you know, just because we we. I mean, we're a group of guys. We like talking about movies and stuff like that. So if you enjoy talking about movies, please join us on there. And uh, maybe give us some suggestions on movies you'd like to see us review uh, in the future. But Exactly. We, we do any we do any any range or whatever. It doesn't matter yeah. how old it is. It could be brand new or whatever like that. If we get time to, we'll see it in the theaters and we'll review it the following week. Yeah. But uh, I know this next year is going to be good for us. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff coming up and a lot of really good episodes. So stick around for those but i did want to point out one thing before we actually get on out of here and it was a meme that i saw this last week and it goes like this the joker thanos and voldemort are at a bar and joker goes i've killed hundreds upon hundreds of people and thanos goes i have annihilated half the universe and voldemort goes i once almost killed a kid like seven times Uh, success rates of villains. Yeah. So there you go. Voldemort is the weakest villain <laughs> of the group well, compared right to the Joker. The <laughs> so uh, that's just how it goes. There's I, tears. Either way, guys, uh, please join us again for uh, you know uh, the upcoming episodes. And also, don't forget to grab your popcorn. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.